0: Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast where we talk about baseball 365 days a year. Unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's now the 12th day of January 2017, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this at night in the home that I'm staying at in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. You know, I did my last podcast in front of my father, who was sitting in a chair only a couple hours ago because I got that podcast in under the wire in order to keep the streak alive. And I figured, do you know what? I'm going to do my podcast right away. So if anyone is keeping track of when I get these shows on, it looks like I'm going to do back-to-back really close to each other. And I kind of poked fun at the fact that, you know, it doesn't really matter when you post it, right? I mean, you just, you know, you're you, you logged into a podcast and you log on to whenever it is. But I got a couple of notices from people saying, is there a podcast? Are you okay? And I guess that's one of the things that happens when you do a daily podcast, Of those of you who do is it when it's late? You wonder, is everything okay? Are you all right? And I got a, a nice tweet from Michael Carpenter, uh, who's a fan of the show. Uh, Ache Me and I is, uh, I don't know. how These people have strange handles. I don't get it. But uh, he wrote, he said, when the daily isn't up until late, I'm always worried something happened to you. Is that clinginess? Or am I a super fan? And I responded, why choose? You can be clingy and you could be a super fan. But I got to tell you something. There is part of me just feels, well, I feel when I don't get my podcast up, like, oh, I feel a little dirty. I feel a little weird. I feel like this isn't right. And when I do get it there, it's like, okay, look at that. Another day to move on i tell you something, I spent the last, uh, yesterday and this evening, uh, my dad and I just spent it together, just the two of us, um, you know, my cousin stopped by at one point, my mother-in-law stopped by, it was, just, it was just me and my dad, and we had a nice time, we had a nice talk, we talked about life, we talked about, you know, things going on and things that are concerned, and you know, and politics and the world and everything like that. And I made my dad dinner one night. We went out to dinner the other night. And along the way, we kind of turned to each other and I said, I miss baseball. Wouldn't a baseball game be great tonight? And it would have been. Not that I didn't have a nice time with my dad. We filled the time, and we filled the time nicely but one of the great things about a ball game is, if it's on, even if you're not engrossed in every single pitch, you can have a conversation. You can talk about things. But then you're like, oh, did, did you see that catch? You know, it's one of the things that's wonderful about it. And one of the things I guess I, I've said I, I'm trying to replicate with this podcast is that notion of it being a constant companion i really really don't understand how people who have stuff going on in their lives whether it's a family whether it's you know work or anything i i don't get how you could be a football fan and have that be your your standard sport because every event, every because every game is an event, which I suppose in one sense is one of the selling points of the game. That you know, oh, it's, it's everything's everything's a big huge thing. Everything's a big huge spectacle. But then it means you lose that intimacy and the casualness of a game like a baseball game in the middle of the week. A Event is not a companion. It's not a friend. It's not someone who's there for you. You have to wait for it. It's like the celebrity. It's the the glamorous star who makes a great entrance. Not the reliable friend who's always there. What I try to be is a podcaster. But baseball offers that daily. The fact that you can watch a game and that their games are going on all day long. I mean, the West Coast, I've said this before, the West Coast is the greatest place to be a baseball fan. If there are day games on the East Coast, they start at 10 in the morning. And that same night, there's a night game here in California. They start at 7 o'clock at night. You can watch them all and still get a decent night's sleep. And if it's there, I can't tell you how many times here, Giants are on. Maybe the A's are on. Maybe the Red Sox are on. We're not glued to every single pitch. We're not, you know, it's not a life or death situation. And it's also not like, oh, my God, this is a point. I got to race home to see this because it's the one game we get all week. No. It's your daily companion. It's like someone sitting at the table with you as you're having your chicken and you're having your rice and a little piece of bread on the side and you're chatting and you're talking about this. The game is there as a friend. It's one of the reasons why it's so devastating for me when the regular season ends and then the playoffs end. When the regular season ends, you miss that companionship. When the postseason ends, it's like... It's kind of you know it because you know, baseball is a summer game it reminds me of those times when you have to say goodbye at summer camp and some of my great friends and closest friends and people who I still talk to in hell I had a letter exchange recently with someone Who I went to summer camp with because you spent that time together you were able to interact together it became real together and when you say goodbye to those friends, you kind of look and it's like, man, there's a sense of emptiness that the summer is gone and your friend from the summer is gone too. And you face the fall and the winter. I used to be a great letter writer and you're missing that friend. I miss that friend these two nights. Now, we were able to fill that void. We are able to fill that void because I have a relationship with my dad that I've never had a falling out with my dad. I feel very lucky about that. You know, I don't. I haven't had the moment where I stormed out that we had to make up for it. We've had disagreements, we've had tension, but I can't even tell you the number of times that we've had a disagreement or we've had tension and then within an hour or so, We're watching a ball game together. The time I got in trouble the most when I was a kid is when I said a family secret, something that was uh, uh, an opinion that my mother and father had about someone else who lived on our street. And I said it out loud that the kids of the person who said that who they said that about heard it and I I just told them and oh I got it was on Memorial Day weekend it became Memorial Day in fact even those two words together became a shorthand in our house of the level of trouble that I'm in oh my god I got I, I got it all it was absolutely the, the, the worst I got in trouble. And I was grounded. I had to go to the other family and apologize and burst into tears. I don't remember all the, all the details. I just remember I was, I was screwed. I was just tasered. And I was, you know, I was broken up, and my father, I've never seen my father that mad at me before. My mother was that mad at me before. I had to look up the, my father had me read the word trust from the dictionary, of which I didn't know what the hell I was reading. And a term was decided in our home, it was called the family discussion. Now, that, that became big words in our home. This is family discussion. I mean, this stays here. This stays here at this table. To this day, we use that term. When we talk about this, it's like saying, you're not allowed to speak about this outside of this home. This is family discussion. Got it. That's, I mean, that's code red. Those are state secrets. And I violated that. And you know what? One of the things I remember most about Memorial Day, that Memorial Day, of 1978 about how in trouble I was what a disaster it was. And I didn't even, you know, was this it? Was this the moment I was going to die as a child? And then my dad left me upstairs in my room to think about it. And a few hours later, my father came upstairs. And I'll never forget when my father came upstairs, I kind of looked at him and I thought I was going to get it again. And he gave me another quick lecture, to be sure. And then he put his arm around me and said, come downstairs. We went downstairs, and we watched the Red Sox play. Because it became a shorthand, at least for me psychologically, that we're going to move on. This was a bad day for you. Little Polly Sullivan. I wasn't Sully yet. I was still in my pupa stage. But it was a way of saying, we're going to move on. You're in trouble. You've gotten your punishment. You've gotten your hollering. You've gotten your and hollering and everything. But our relationship is still there. And one thing that the two of us had already always had is the ability to sit down and watch baseball. And that, in the way, is part of that healing. It's a friend. And it's a companion. And there was a sense, I didn't quite, I mean, I understood it on a a subatomic level. But I didn't understand it emotionally until much later. That it was... A time when we could move on. I remember one of the times that I was in bad shape after college and I was, I you know, I wasn't really, things weren't going my way, but I also, I was making bad decisions and I just was a bit of a mess. I'm not going to lie to you, it was a bit of a mess and I needed help. I needed, I, you know, I needed, I needed help. I was in a bad place. I needed help. I'm not the first person in the world who needed help. In those years after college, you don't know what the hell you're doing. And, 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 and there was a two straight, you know, 94 and 96. I kind of was, I was floating in the woods. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was, and I needed help those years. And, I remember that first time in ninety four things started you know things were not going well for me, and I was making bad decisions and I remember my mother and father you know i was i was making great decisions, and I gotten you know was not my best time it was it was a low point, and I also remember that my dad and I talked about stuff, and my mom and I talked about stuff. And there was a point where I was like, the baseball strikes on. I don't have that. I don't have that place of a reference point that things are going to be okay. And when things were not going well in, in 96 and a similar thing When it was happening, uh, it was the World Series had just ended. And it's funny, at both of those points, I had to fill in that void with something else. Because I didn't have it there. Now, filling in voids is a critical part of humanity. It's a critical part of what we are as human beings. You know, I've heard. I watched something on the TV the other day about how they're trying to have more of these driverless cars, and how the driverless cars will allow people to free up that time in the car that you'd be, you you know that you could use for work. Now you could be more productive, and I see more and more kids having devices and things that instantly keep them occupied and keep them from being bored. And man, part of me really sounds like an old fogey that I'm going to complain about this, but I actually think that the being bored is a positive thing because you have to fill that boredom with things that entertain you. Filling those voids are a critical part. Okay, I'm bored. How am I going to exercise my brain? How, what am I going to think of things? M- most of the topics that I do on these podcasts, when it's you know kind of me putting together some of my stranger podcasts and some stuff that is a little bit off the wall, yeah, that comes from, hmm, I'm not doing anything right now. Why don't I try to figure out why Barry Bonds is like Mel Gibson? Or the suffering index I did where I went through all 30 teams. That came from a point of, huh, I wonder which team is suffering more than someone else. By the way, there was another version of that. It was, uh, I forget what it was. I saw someone else did a, a, a suffering uh, flow chart that, uh, that came up with different conclusions than mine. Uh, I think, uh, I'm, I forget, was a Cubs fan with an eight? Someone posted that on Twitter. But it's important to have that. And I think it's dangerous if you take away the elements of being bored, the elements of needing to, to fill voids in your life. I, I think that time in the car is well spent. Driving, thinking about other things. That vacuum, that airlock. I do my podcast. One of the reasons why I do my podcast at this length is I figured most people's commutes are about 20 minutes long. That's usually what you hear. I mean, let's say you're one of these people living here in the Bay Area, and and you're living in, you know, you're living in freaking uh, uh, the East Bay, and you have to drive to the Silicon Valley, so you're in a car for three hours a day. But then you can binge listen. But I don't want to take that away from us. Because that's also a time to be with a friend from a podcast, or when I... And here, I get to listen to a few innings of a ball game. You know, I'm driving here, I'm stuck in traffic for a little bit. I don't want to be stuck in traffic sending emails to work. I got a, I got a Brewers-Padres game to listen to. You know, when you're driving a long distance, oh my God, one of the great things, when the times that I've driven from Los Angeles to to San Jose and back and everything, being able to listen to a ball game. It's a companion. It's a friend. It fills boredom. It lets you know that things are going to be okay because it's there. It's a constant friend. Now, I'm sure... For some people, I'm sure that some people they get this from football, but just I don't understand how you can get it and 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 not have it be something you can turn on and enjoy. You know, I mean, during the spring, summer, into the early fall, it's there. It's a companion. It lets you know things are going to be okay, even if your team loses. I can't tell how many times I've watched a Giants game with my dad over the years, and the Giants, who are the lowest suffering index for me, and given my dad a lot of joy recently. But something doesn't go right, because even the best teams lose 60, 70 games a year. You know? Even the worst teams win 50 or 60, 70 times a year. And so my dad would go, oh, Boach blew, blew it, Boach. Or oh, was like, oh, look at that. They pulled it out. They pulled it out. And you can jump right into it. If the game's already started, you know, it's 3 nothing. How'd they get the three runs? Well, Posey hit a double and then belted a homer. Okay, that's all you need to know. It's like showing up and seeing a friend at the bar. Hey, what's going on? Oh, I just got out of work and... uh You know, I'm going to go visit my brother in a couple of days. Oh, okay. You're caught up. Catching up. Catching up with an old friend. That's what baseball is. That's what my dad and I have. We had two great days together because that's what we have. But you know what? For a lot of people, a lot of people that I know didn't win the jackpot with fathers like I did. So for a lot of people, they may not see eye-to-eye politically, socially, spiritually, What you know, in terms of what they're doing with their life or whatever. So you have that common thing that you can both turn to. We like this. And how can't fathom how someone could live life without having something like that in their life. I try to replicate that. <laughs> With this podcast, you know it's the old thing when people ask me, "Why do you do it in the off season?" I said, "That's when we need it the most." During the regular season, if I'm going to take a break, it'll be during the regular season. Do you know why? Baseball is doing the heavy lifting for me. Well, look at this. is about companionship. It's about trust. Which I looked up that day on Memorial Day. I didn't quite know what it's about then, but I think I didn't. I think I do now. And you can trust me that I'm going to be there every day for you. And you may not agree with everything I say. Hell, I had my podcast with uh, uh, Vanessa Thompson, and we did talk about race, and we did talk about the landscape where things are right now. We try to talk about some things that are not fun. I got someone wrote me an email saying, don't do any more podcasts like that. Well, I'm going to do the podcast how I like it and may not always be the topic you want. But stick with it. Eventually, I'll hit something you want to talk about. Now, I'm going to wrap this up because I'm going to go to bed. Knowing full well that the 12th day of January, I've delivered a podcast to you. And as your friend, as your fellow podcast you know, devotee, and the person piloting the ship down the River Sully, I'll be here for you. And that's not a family discussion. And I'll be here on Memorial Day, too. Let's hope I don't get in trouble. So go to Sullybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, Sreven, so iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kalisky. Having a family discussion with my podcasting family. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. As always, you can call me Sully.